This is Sunday Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to Husker Rewind here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. My name is Mike Melby. That is Tom Stevens. That's me. And joining us on the VIP line brought to you by Aloe Fiber where we understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. Mr. Jake Sorensen, co-host of Early Break with Sip and Jake and Bill Bush. Uh, Jake, I got to ask, how did you finish at the BMW today? Because I know your golf game is solid. Uh, was it good? Oh, yeah. Uh, finished in the you know, top 20. Top 20 today, Melby. Had a uh, couple bogeys down the stretch that hurt, so that's what happened. Did you catch any of that? It's, it's fascinating to watch because to make the final tournament of the year, it's in Atlanta. What's, what's it called in Atlanta? The the tour, final, the tour championship, you have to be in the top thirty, and it kept switching. I I, don't, I think Spieth was thirtieth, but they would they would flip from thirty one to thirty two, like depending on how guys were yep. finishing at the. I think Thigala had to party par the last hole to be thirtieth and kick Spieth to thirty first, and he bogeyed the last hole. But it's it's fascinating. I kind of like the way they do it this year. Do you like it? Yeah, it's a lot of drama. I, I, I did watch the the back nine. I saw Victor Hovland shoot the 28, which is the big story. It was that just an incredible yeah. uh, 61 he had today. But in, in regards to the uh, FedEx points, yeah, it, it changes it. It's a lot of drama. You're right. Sagala was going to be in if he makes a par. He makes a bogey. That gets beefed. And that's, uh, that's, it was cool that they, that they had that monitor the whole time. So that was yeah. some good drama outside the actual winner of the tournament. So I, yeah. I did enjoy that. It was interesting with Victor winning because he was like five shots off the lead. And I thought, he's over. I mean, it's going to be Scotty Scheffler who wins going away. He had like a four-stroke read, lead. And as you mentioned, just Hovland just got red hot. Ends up winning the tournament. So uh, congratulations to Victor. Uh, your overall thoughts on fall camp. I know we're getting, you know, the final 10 days. We talked to Amy just earlier. She said she's just ready for football. Are you in the same zone? Oh, yeah. I mean, we talked so much this offseason about how it's so odd that Nebraska is playing the first two games in the row. I mean, that, that's, that never happens here where you play at Minnesota at Colorado, and then you, your first home game is middle of September, especially in the first year of a head coach. So it's kind of a bummer. you got to wait a couple weeks until you're at home. But, yeah, I, mean, I think that we're excited. Um there's some cautious optimism, I think, which is probably the accurate way that people should feel when you've missed six straight bowl games. You have a whole new staff in here. Um, you know, your first game will be a deserved underdog at Minnesota, but it seems like they're pretty high in Jeff Sims, which is good. Um, Gabe Irvin kind of got a good shout out from Matt Rule on Saturday, saying he's the clear number one back because of some fumble issues with Anthony Grant, which is concerning there. But uh, regarding Grant. But we all know, Tom and Melby, that you know the, the trenches are important for Nebraska, the, both O-line and D-line. If they can stop the run defensively, then then uh, they'll be okay. If they can open up some running holes and protect the quarterback, then maybe they can make some plays offensively. But there's just so many question marks regarding the receiving core without Xavier Betts, with Marcus Washington on the, you know getting better but still not practicing. So, yeah, I'm ready for football. Um, you know, opti- optimistic with some cautiousness there, but I'm um, certainly looking forward to 11 days from now. Jake, one other question I've got for you concerning the receivers room, Matt rule made the comment. We do not need the young guys to step up and be, you know, big time game changing playmakers game one. We've got enough old guys that can do that. Throw out some names that maybe people are not aware of that are some of those older guys that have been in the program that are going to make a difference. 
Well, that's a good question. I mean, again, the, the younger guys that you, you know, they, they don't need like Jaden Doss, Malachi Coleman, guys like that. But in terms of the older guys, you know, I, I got to think, well, okay, Billy Kemp, obviously the first guy that comes in as a transfer. He's, he's not someone who's been here, but the curious there. Marcus Washington is an older guy. Um, I hate to think on top of my head who I'm missing here, but I think, I think maybe – like uh, he's, I mean, they're they're younger, but they're not freshmen. Like Ty Hahn is a guy that you saw as a you know a local Nebraska kid, as someone that they they said have looked has looked so has looked good so far in practice. Uh, Bullock has looked pretty good so far in practice. So I, I would say this, Melby, I'm as curious as you are on that as well regarding what what guys are we talking about because the ones that we hear the most of are Washington, Kemp, Coleman, Doss. Uh, but, I, you know, I think maybe Ty Hans in that group that could stand out and, and make a play uh, to, you know, get some some you know some, some catches this year. And, and also, I mean, I know it's a different unit, but similar, the tight end, you're going to look at Thomas Fedoni and Nate Borkature there and, and see if Arik Gilbert gets his, uh, his waiver passed in time to play. But um, <laughs> I, I think that because we can't watch much practice, you know, we got a half hour, 20 minutes, two or three times this spring, uh, there's still a lot of questions that need to be answered, uh, especially since the very vanilla spring game that Nebraska had back in April. Jake Sorensen, Sip of Jake, early break, and, of course, Bill Bush on that show as well every uh, morning right here on the ticket from 6 until 8. Uh, Nebraska, as we know, is the last Power 5 team not to make a bowl game. I think it's been since 2016 that Nebraska last yep. made a bowl game. Six and six doesn't seem like a ton to ask when you look at the schedule, but again, they start the first two games on the road. They go on to it. It's going to look pretty tough. If Nebraska does make a bowl game, in your opinion, what will be the reason? Well, I think in general, uh, let's look at what's killed Nebraska the past couple of years under Scott Frost. I mean, everyone says it was a talent problem. They're, I mean, they were definitely less talented than some teams, but they rose up to the occasion in big games and lost close to Michigan and Ohio State. And so I, I don't I don't view that the talent was a major issue. It was the fact they couldn't close out games. It was the crippling turnover, the the missed field goal, the the botched special teams play in general. So I guess uh, to make you know to make it a long answer short, it, it's just really attention to detail, not blowing up in the final four minutes of a game with a crippling kick or fumble or missed assignment and honestly the one thing i'm concerned about guys and i'm sure you've been you've been talking about this you know the last couple of weeks is that matt rule has mentioned that there's still issues in the kicking game tristan alvano the freshman timmy bleak road who was here last year it it's pretty much every day he's saying there's been missed kicks in practice so i guess if that gets resolved then that's a big reason that they get to six-plus wins. But if that continues to be a problem, then we might look at a similar issue of a record like the last couple of years of four and eight, five and seven, three and nine, because I think this team will be in a lot of close games. And if they're missing kicks, that's going to be a cause of problems. If they make kicks, they can win six, seven games and win some of these close games. But that's a huge if at this point. Jake Sorensen from early break with Sip and Jake joining us here on Husker Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket. Off the Sarger Heyman text line, Thunder Not Collins wants to know who you are more optimistic about this upcoming football season, the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the Miami Dolphins? Without hesitation, uh, this should surprise nobody because of the situation they're in. Uh, it's the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins are, I'm not trying to be a homer here, but I think if you look at uh, a non-biased view, they're a, a top-10 team in the NFL with uh, with their team they've assembled. They've got a great defense. Now they have Vic Fangio 
call and plays, which is huge to have a, a guy like that. The offense, of course, with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Tua Tunga Valoa. Um, they, they survived the scare at left tackle. Teron Armstead was, was hurt in practice, but he's going to be okay, which is big. Uh, I know it, that everyone thinks I'm a homer at that team, and I am. But I, I legitimately think they could be a team that contends for the AFC crown this year. So uh, as much as they want Nebraska to be that 8-9 win team, I, I am definitely more optimistic about the Dolphins' chances this year to be relevant. <laughs> so, Thunder Not Collins responded with just one word, gross. <laughs> well, uh, I'm just trying to be a realist, Thunder. Hey, Come I appreciate now. it. I thought you were going to open with Ben Stilley. Isn't he on the roster still, Ben Stilley? No, Ben Stilley is not on the roster. Oh, he's he, not he's, on the roster. I think he's with Arizona possibly. Oh, is he now? now? He, okay. he, he had a really impressive, you know, first little uh, rookie camp there uh, and, and was had a chance to make it, but he is no longer with the team. But that Garrett is, Nelson Oh, that's right. Garrett Nelson is there. Game. Yeah, Garrett Nelson yeah, I'm not is sure camp. when they make that first cut if, if he'll make it, but I didn't really see him much in the second preseason game, which is kind of concerning for him. Um, but he did have that big sack against Atlanta, which is good to see. Um Matt Rule has announced that uh, there will no, be no captains on a regular basis. It'll be a game-to-game thing. But maybe he thinks with the 0-9 to nine numbers that you already have kind of team leaders voted on there. What do you think of the 0-9 to nine thing for Nebraska? Yeah, it, it's interesting. It's unique. We've never seen that before um, in terms of what Nebraska's done in the past. Um, you know, I heard that, too. I thought that, that caught my attention, that they don't have the captains besides, you know, game captains, but these guys are kind of seen as the leaders. But um, it just leads you to ask, you know, what, what exactly is the end goal for that? Is, is this something where these guys are expected to be a rotation of game captains? Or is this just saying, hey, we're not, we don't know what we have here. These guys have, been, have done well so far in fall camp as leaders, and we'll see you know, how, they, how they go when the, when the bullets are flying in, in, in the game. So, I don't know. I, to answer that, Tom, I, I, it's something I haven't really – I have wrapped my mind around to, to completely understand exactly my thoughts, but I do believe that Matt Rule knows what he's doing. Like, I think that he has the benefit of the doubt regarding his previous tenure in college football with both Baylor and Temple. I know it didn't go well with the Panthers, but I'm going to say this, this guy is a great leader of men. I trust him to, uh, to properly get these guys ready for games and get them ready to lead. So whatever he does, I'm not saying I'm drinking all the Kool-Aid and guzzling it, because that would be irresponsible. Um, but I just, I just think that you know these guys do fight for him, they play for him, and even if it's going to be a rotation of captains for games, and this you know single-digit thing is just um, you know an indicator of guys who are step you know standing out. Um, I, I just think I'm going to trust Matt Rule to figure out how to get this right when it comes to assessing game captains yeah. and, and getting leadership correct this year. Jake Sorensen from Early Break joining us here on Husker Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket. Jake, quick thoughts on the uh, alternate uniform this year. <laughs> There's not much to say. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, I, I kept looking at the jersey and like, what am I supposed to say about this? It, it, it's pretty uh, you know, it's pretty bland. I understand what they're doing by, by throwing it back a little bit. but And I, I would say this, guys. I, I'm not sure how you feel about this. I, I've never been someone that has – Cared about jerseys. I just say win the damn football game. You know, win here. the game of basketball, football. I don't really care. Uh, I know that it sells in terms of merchandise and people like that. And, and young young kids now are all into attire and how it looks. But I just have never really been someone who has said, "Yeah, I cannot wait to see what those jerseys look like." And in this case, especially, there's just not much there. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's nothing. Yeah. It's not unique. It's not nothing that. that uh, 
that stands out and blows you away. Like, if I didn't know any better, I would think that looks like a, a typical normal uniform for Nebraska, what they're everyone talking about. But then they say it's alternate. I'm like, oh, I guess it is. So uh, I guess maybe I'm not the most uh, noticeable person when it comes to, to uh, attire like that. You need a magnifying glass to figure out it's an alternative <laughs> jersey. I mean, you could. I, I guess there's no way to tell, aside from the patch and the blue stripe, I guess. But I can't tell by looking at it. And there's no way you can tell if you're, you know, 50 rows back anywhere in the stadium. There's no way you can is, tell. Is there, any, is there any chance it was just some kind of sick joke by Matt Rule saying, watch this, I'm going to put out a jersey <laughs> that has the, the most tiny change ever. We're going to call it an alternate this year. Right. That's what I'm thinking. He could have put out the same jersey and said, this is an alternate jersey. And we would have said, okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. That's a little know, underwhelming, that, that, but whatever. That, that is so cool. I love it. Brilliant. Um, Jake, we'll see you on the golf course soon. All right, guys. Thanks for talking to you. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Jake. Uh, Sip and Jake, of course, do early break with Bill Bush. It's a great show. Uh, listen to it. Not that you don't already because uh, half the nation listens to it. It's a really good show. Uh, right here in Lincoln, Nebraska, on the ticket from 6 until 8 a.m. every morning. Uh, we have a few things to talk about. Um, I want to – like, if you, if you were – well, I, I don't want to talk about hype because I think, you know, this is definitely the most roulade that we'll get the entire year, right? The off season, 10 days before Husker football. It seems like you say it every year. I'm not buying it. I'm not going there. I'm not going to do it. And then the, you know, the season gets closer. It's a, about a week away and you're going, okay, I'm buying in. Or are you buying in? I, I want to ask you that question. Okay. Uh, he's Mike Melby. I'm Tom Stevens. More after this.